Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening Bicycling is the nearest approximation I know to the flight of birds. The aeroplane simply carries a man on its back like an obedient pegasus. It gives him no wings of his own. There are movements on a bicycle corresponding to almost all the variations in the flight of the larger birds. Plunging free downhill is like a hawk stooping. On the level stretches, you may pedal with a steady rhythm like a heron flapping, or you may, like an incipitine hawk, alternate rapid pedalling with gliding. If you want to test the force and the direction of the wind, There is no better way than to circle, yawning and wavering like a crow flying upwind. I've climbed a steep hill by circling or spiralling, rising each time with the upturn of the momentum of the downturn. Like any soaring bird, I have shot in and out stall traffic like a goshawk through the woods. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen and we're not. That's bird-watching author Lewis J. Hale, Springtime in Washington from 1947 to 1957. And welcome all 
to the Arabug radio show. Thank you very much, Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. I've got to say, from this vantage point, locked at home, I'm finding Amy such good company five days a week. May she long keep up that show. Faith and I are doing this on pre-record, so you'll find a little bit of hesitation all the way through it, but I think it's best that we just begin as a conversation and let's just press on. If you haven't had a bike moment in the last week, you haven't been paying attention. My bike moment, if you live near a park or somewhere where there are shared pathways, I'm sure you have noticed a complete explosion of families and children all cycling together, whether off to a picnic or actually just beginning. That's Lulu in the background. I'm not going to stop the recording to give her a dinner. Anyway, I'm in my lovely local park and just surrounded by all these lovely people and children riding everywhere. Anyway, a small family of four, two adults and two children, an heir and one to spare, as the royals would say, were trying to leave the park. But the eldest child, no training wheels, probably about three and a half, four I would have suggested, was refusing to leave the park until she did one more lap of that park on her bicycle. Ah, addiction, it starts very, very early sometimes. Well, my bike moment also involves families on bikes and uh, it's a little bit nostalgic. It's, um, I'm working from home. I go for a ride most days, generally by myself, sometimes uh, with my partner. But uh, I'm thinking back to only 10 days ago, maybe, when I was meeting up with several other friends who were also working from home and we would go for a ride together once a day maintaining social distancing while we were doing that but still there's a big difference between riding by yourself and uh, riding with friends it struck me that the the luxury of enjoying riding by yourself is something we only really have available to us when it's not the only way you can ride once it becomes there's no choice in the matter and this is what you do every day you uh enjoy it for a little while and then it might start to pall and uh, you miss those little interactions with uh the people you ride with along the way having said that i can still see lots of families out riding together so that's good to see now let's go straight into some news some of you might remember the crowd spot the Bike Spot project from 2016. Bike Spot was collecting data from cyclists, crowdsourcing, uh, to find out where they felt safe or unsafe on their normal riding and why. And it was a really interesting project because it was really essentially collecting perceptions of safety rather than uh, incidents or crash stats. So this, we know perception of safety is a really big driver in whether or not people choose to use a bike. Uh, and it provided some really invaluable data for the local council areas who took part. So anyway, Bikespot is back. Bikespot 2020 is being run by Crowdspot. 
in partnership with the Amy Gillett Foundation. There's over a dozen or more local council areas involved. And again, it's crowdsourcing data from riders about where they feel unsafe, where they feel safe and why. It's a great project to get involved. And if you've got a couple of areas on your commute that you think work particularly well to make you feel at ease or make you really uncomfortable, then I suggest you jump on bikespot2020.crowdspot.com.au and make sure those spots are registered. Um, it will enable your local council area to compare those spots to before, see what's been done to improve them or not, uh, and uh, provide that really valuable feedback about perceptions of safety. And since uh, we all went into lockdown, started isolating at home, Online courses have become a big thing and Cycling Australia have uh, stepped up to provide some of their learning online. A couple of weeks ago they announced that the theoretical components of their coaching and commissaire courses would be available to do online. These sold out really quickly and apparently have been a huge success. They're promising more, so uh, some mini workshops, masterclasses, and possibly more coaching and commissaire courses. So if that's something that's going to interest you, then make sure you subscribe to the Cycling Australia newsletter so you can hear about the new courses or follow one of their social media channels. I suspect if you subscribe to the newsletter, you might be one of the first to hear about it. And not really news, but I thought I'd spend a few minutes just talking about an issue that I've seen discussed a lot online, and that is whether or not your local bike shop is open. Bike shops at this point, and this is Friday, uh, the 3rd of April, because this is a pre-recorded show, at this point bicycle shops are still open. They're providing an essential service because they're allowing people to move around by bike and particularly people who want to avoid using public transport but who need to be able to move around to get either to work or to the shops. Um, the thing that has changed is the way in which bike shops are doing their business and there's a bit of variation here. Uh, most shops, because of the social distancing rules that are in place, are trying to manage their retail space very carefully. There's different approaches. So I know, for example, commuter cycles shut down their retail physical space very early, a couple of weeks ago or more now. And they've essentially moved all their retail onto their online web shop. Uh, you can then buy stuff online and get it delivered or possibly arrange pickup. You'd have to check that with them. Uh, their service area is still working at full tilt. Uh, in fact, I think they're really busy but um, they've arranged it now so that your bike is booked in and you drop it off and a staff member comes out to collect it and there's minimal contact between staff and customers. So that's been a really effective way of making sure staff are kept safe and making sure customers are safe while they're purchasing from them. Other shops uh, I've heard are taking a different approach. Some that haven't already had well-developed online shopping spaces are suggesting you just ring them up. They'll, they're going to be in the workshop working. Call them, tell them what you want to buy. They can do a transaction over the phone and then it can either be delivered or possibly you can arrange to pick up. Um, I think it's really important that they're staying open with even more people than normal cycling to avoid public transport and particularly for families who are cooped up at home. I mean, being able to take the kids out for a ride once a day is a really good way to 
make sure everyone gets a bit of space from each other. Um, but we do need to be able to continue servicing, maintaining and repairing our bikes to do that. So if you are wondering about your local bike shop, the best thing is to give them a call and just ask what they've uh, been able to do to keep their business running. And that's the other side of it. Don't defer your purchases or work because we want these local bike shops to still be there and to still be open when all this is over. I have even seen VeloCycles are offering deliveries within five kilometer radius to their store. And I've even seen Stu delivering a bike to someone. So, you know, you, you might have to take a different approach, but you can still do uh, those essential purchases that you were planning to. Uh, we'll be back right after this short break. Get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies over along the ocean side 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride. the sunny skies or along the ocean And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show here on 3TR Radical Radio. 855 on the AM dial, podcasting, streaming or listening on the transistor in the kitchen. My, a couple of weeks it's been, and what a change this is for all of us. Still, I suppose we've all got a little bit of time on our hands, and we're here to help as far as giving you a few things to do. The only known cure for boredom is curiosity. There is no known cure for curiosity, so said Dorothy Parker very late ago in New York. So, if you're bored, start to think of what to do. If we think of giving our bicycle a little bit of pre-winter love and a little bit of a clean, it's interesting you can run through a few things that probably you would needed to have done to your bicycle, which you should have done probably ages ago, and it's not too hard to do. So all those normal things, pop out your seat post, regrease it. Stem, if you're using an old one inch, do the stem as well, take the pedals off, regrease them, put the pedals back on again. I always find that um, it's good to unseat your tyres again at this point of time. Just deflate them completely and pinch the sidewalls in around so they don't get stuck to your rims and pump up again. It's always something that you should do. Now, a lot of people just clean a bike. Now's the chance to uh, really clean the bike. If you get it really speck and span, you'll never want to ride it, which is not the idea. But it's love to actually stand back from a bike that is very nicely cleaned, and when you take your time and do it over a couple of days, you'll get it clean. Nice bit of polish on the outside, I always find, is good. Another trick, now's the time to change that handlebar if you th- handlebar tape if you think it's worth changing. All those sticky grips... Now is the time for them to disappear. 
that's one thing. So that's your main bike done. Now, I'm not sure if, any, if everybody's like me, but a lot of people with bikes have either a couple of frames in the shed or half-done bikes or whatever. We usually call them as projects. I've got a couple of projects on the go. So seeing as you're going to be at home for a while, the essence of this project is what you have in your shed, you build a bike out of. And I think usually when we do this, we usually put a limit on how much you can spend, but that would be only for things that you desperately needed. Pull everything out of the shed. Put them into different piles. Even if it's not the thing you thought you might build, make it something that actually just goes with what you've got. There's a very old source says, cut the suit to fit the cloth. That's my lovely little foxy trying to get in on the show. She's mightily put out. I've taken over her spot on the couch. Mightily pissed off she is. So sometimes they think if it's the wrong size, and that doesn't stop you from building it actually, as you might have noticed, everybody's riding bikes now. So you'll be adding one more to the collection that is controlling or soon take control over Melbourne streets. So that's a nice little project. So why don't we just get away from bikes themselves a little bit. Long-time listeners to the program would be realising that the top of the show and part of the way we make the show conversational is to get our guests, and when Faither and I or Chris and Steve were on, we always share what we call a bike moment. That is one of those funny, quirky little things that happen as you're riding a bike. Now, I think a lot of those bike moments are quite wonderful. I'm very much biased at all. But if you do want a project, come up with a bike moment. I discovered last year that actually I had a wonderful bike moment concerning a baguette and a piece of cheese. We'd actually, after I'd told it, I came home and turned it into a... Well, it's a very rough short story as it is now. But some of those little bike moments make wonderful little short stories because sometimes they've got that little twist in the tail that you need in a short story you're quite comfortable about where you're going and then actually there's a sting right in the tail so that's something to do if we're sitting inside as i am this afternoon and it's very much raining raining and my my house is so clean well not yet i've already found a couple more projects to do and if you're sitting down a little bit and you want to pick up the pen and a blank sheet of paper, take a bike moment and turn it into a little bit of a story. And it'd be interesting to see. They are wonderful little metaphors, I find, for, um, for life. Now, the other thing, of course, is there's plenty to read about bicycles. Of course, we all know that if you want to sit down and read. The other thing I would suggest is because now... A bicycle is a way to, you can socially isolate yourself very easily on a bicycle. Pack a little lunch, make sure you're not going to contact anybody on the way. 
but ride somewhere virtually with your eyes closed. The way I do it sometimes is, we all know how Melbourne streets run, north, south, east, west, well, there are actually a couple of degrees off that, but we all understand that. Just head in, I've done it a couple of times, I head from here in a northeast direction and just see where I end up. And we all know they're grid, so you just go from block to block, which is good. Um, the other thing is you can discover those trails of Melbourne that you've never never ridden before. The Maribyrnong I always suggest because a lot of people ignore it, but it's a wonderful trip. Well, until next week, I hope everybody's happy and safe at home and keeping their spirits and their fitness up. I'm sure it will be a wonderful place. Take care. Actually, I really like Val's idea about writing up your bike moments. Or the other step you could take is that if you can't uh, do those rides you've planned, maybe you can write up some of your earlier rides. Even if you don't think anyone else is going to be interested in them, think about your family and friends who, or even yourself, who are going to find them really fascinating in decades to come. One project, and we're all talking about projects uh, these days, with so many people being at home and not having their normal work activities, um, and even for those like, you know, I'm still working, I'm not on a break, but Easter is coming up, and that's a few days where you might have assumed you'd be able to go for a ride. So a project I've had sort of on the go, never finished, is making a frame bag for bikepacking. So there's quite a lot online about making bikepacking bags, and I think it can be a really fun project. I was inspired to make my frame bag by the fact that with my bike frames being on the small side, if I wanted a frame bag, it would have to be a custom-made one anyway. And if it's going to be custom-made, then why not make it yourself? Simple. Not really. Anyway, bikepacking bags are... There's a, a lot of different ways you can go about making them. I think, you know, I like them as a project because you can go... There's a whole spectrum from adapting and making do and then getting super technical and el perfecto about it so it lends itself to a lot of different people a lot of different situations i see a lot of people online making bikepacking bags and assuming they have to get the technical fabric and they have to have all the technical equipment maybe an industrial sewing machine but um, I've seen some really good efforts without that. And uh, I think it pays to think outside the box. It's great that there is really technical equipment for us out there. But before trying to emulate that, I think it's worthwhile thinking about, do you need that? Like, I think, for example, your first few bikepacking trips, do you need to invest in expensive stuff or make expensive technical stuff? Or is making do okay? If, um, you know, I know for comfort, if, uh, if it's pouring with rain and all your bags are going to get saturated, well, is that going to be a ride you would continue riding on? Or are you just going to sit that day out or not go if it's forecast to rain that heavily? 
do you need ultra waterproof stuff? If you do have a few creek crossings, but you know, how much of your bike is going to be underwater? Are you on your first few trips going to be fjording high water creeks and rivers? I mean, you probably shouldn't be anyway. So have a, a think about um, to what extent it all needs to be really waterproof. If you're using good dry bags to organize your things within the bike bags, then uh, again, the outer bag might not have to be highly waterproof. If you need a bag that's just going to last for your first few trips until you see how much you're into this, does it really need to be made of uh, technical fabrics? And once you get beyond that step, you can start looking around and think, okay, what can I use that I've already got? Um, we're meant to be only doing essential shopping, so you could buy some materials online, but looking around you, you might find you've got quite a few things already at home. I know one area that uh, builds up is old bags and uh, it might be old small day packs, old backpacks, old computer bags, old bum bags and you know there are instances of all of these being used for people to hack or adopt to make bikepacking bags. I've seen someone who made a really really good frame bag uh, one of the shorter ones that just comes off the top bar uh, from a bomb bag. So perfect shape for that and it fit her frame really well. The fabric that's used to make backpacks, uh, day packs, could be perfectly suited to adopting towards either a saddle roll or a uh, handlebar roll. Another instance I've seen is when people take I think the famous one is the vanish bottle uh, and cut that up to create a harness for your handlebars and that harness can then hold your things stuffed inside a dry bag or it could be uh, your tent or sleeping bag. Um, there's a thousand and one different ways to look at each of those projects and uh, if you're looking online you're going to find the most of them can be done with a domestic sewing machine so you don't uh, need to source an industrial one unless you're using pretty heavy fabrics. Uh, the straps from old backpacks and bags and the velcro are also really useful. You can use those in um, adapting and ensuring that the bag you create can be closed and can be attached to the bike. So I think uh, it's really worthwhile having a look around um, and having a go to fill in that one bag you don't yet have. If you're thinking and planning a trip with the kids, I mean, it's great for the kids to carry some of their gear. I know when our son was young, we would carry the heavier things, but we always made sure he had something to carry. So he knew he was a real bike packer. Um, but again, for his stuff, do you need to have a really expensive bikepacking bag? What well, it could be something you make together, and uh, then he's probably going to be or she even prouder to carry it and use it. Uh, so have a bit of fun. There's a lot of resources online. One of the best places to start is at bikepacking.com/gear, bikepacking hacks, and there's a whole section on DIY. Um, bags and other accessories for bikepacking but 
do a quick Google because plenty of people have put YouTube videos and other resources up about their projects. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll all come out of this ready to take off on some trips with uh, our homemade bikepacking bags. And that's all we have time for today. You've been listening to the Arabug Radio Show on 3CR. The Arabug Radio Show is presented and produced entirely by volunteers. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. So if you'd like to donate or subscribe to 3CR, pop over to 3cr.org.au and you can do so there. Stay tuned now for SheBop. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.